Chapter Six, Part One of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Six, A Step Upward. Part One. The next morning, Georges Duroy arose, dressed himself, and determined to have money. He sought Forestier. His friend received him in his study. What made you rise so early? he asked. A very serious matter. I have a debt of honour a gaming debt he hesitated then repeated a gaming debt is it large five hundred francs he only needed two hundred and eighty forestier asked sceptically to whom do you owe that amount duroy did not reply at once to to a monsieur de carleville ah where does he live rue rue forestier laughed i know the gentleman if you want twenty francs you can have them but no more duroy took the gold piece called upon more friends and by five o'clock had collected eighty francs as he required two hundred more he kept what he had begged and muttered i shall not worry about it i will pay it when i can for two weeks he lived economically but at the end of that time the good resolutions he had formed vanished and one evening he returned to the folie bergere in search of rachel but the woman was implacable and heaped coarse insults upon him until he felt his cheeks tingle and he left the hall forestier out of health and feeble made duroy's existence at the office insupportable the latter did not reply to his rude remarks but determined to be avenged he called upon madame forestier he found her reclining upon a couch reading she held out her hand without rising and said good morning bel ami why do you call me by that name she replied with a smile i saw madame de marel last week and i know what they have christened you at her house he took a seat near his hostess and glanced at her curiously she was a charming blonde fair and plump made for caresses and he thought she is certainly nicer than the other one he did not doubt that he would only have to extend his hand in order to gather the fruit 
as he gazed upon her she chided him for his neglect of her he replied i did not come because it was for the best how why why can you not guess no because i loved you a little only a little and i did not wish to love you any more she did not seem surprised nor flattered she smiled indifferently and replied calmly oh you can come just the same no one loves me long why not because it is useless and i tell them so at once if you had confessed your fears to me sooner i would have reassured you my dear friend a man in love is not only foolish but dangerous i cease all intercourse with people who love me or pretend to firstly because they bore me and secondly because i look upon them with dread as i would upon a mad dog i know that your love is only a kind of appetite while with me it would be a communion of souls now look me in the face she no longer smiled i will never be your sweetheart it is therefore useless for you to persist in your efforts and now that i have explained shall we be friends he knew that that sentence was irrevocable and delighted to be able to form such an alliance as she proposed he extended both hands saying i am yours madame to do with as you will he kissed her hands and raising his head said if i had found a woman like you how gladly would i have married her she was touched by those words and in a soft voice placing her hand upon his arm she said i am going to begin my offices at once you are not diplomatic she hesitated may i speak freely yes call upon madame walter who has taken a fancy to you but be guarded as to your compliments for she is virtuous you will make a better impression there by being careful in your remarks i know that your position at the office is unsatisfactory but do not worry all their employees are treated alike he said thanks you are an angel a guardian angel as he took his leave he asked again are we friends is it settled it is having observed the effect of his last compliment he said if you ever become a widow i have put in my application then he left the room hastily in order not to allow her time to be angry duroy did not like to call on madame walter for he had never been invited 
and he did not wish to commit a breach of etiquette the manager had been kind to him appreciated his services employed him to do difficult work why should he not profit by that show of favour to call at his house one day therefore he repaired to the market and bought twenty-five pears having carefully arranged them in a basket to make them appear as if they came from a distance he took them to madame walter's door with his card on which was inscribed georges du roi begs madame walter to accept the fruit which he received this morning from normandy the following day he found in his letter-box at the office an envelope containing madame walter's card on which was written madame walter thanks monsieur georges du roi very much and is at home on saturdays the next saturday he called monsieur walter lived on boulevard malesherbes in a double house which he owned the reception-rooms were on the first floor in the antechamber were two footmen one took duras overcoat the other his cane put it aside opened a door and announced the visitor's name in the large mirror in the apartment duras could see the reflection of people seated in another room he passed through two drawing-rooms and entered a small boudoir in which four ladies were gathered around a tea-table notwithstanding the assurance he had gained during his life in paris and especially since he had been thrown into contact with so many noted personages duroy felt abashed he stammered madame i took the liberty the mistress of the house extended her hand and said to him you are very kind monsieur duroy to come to see me she pointed to a chair the ladies chatted on visitors came and went madame walter noticed that duroy said nothing that no one addressed him that he seemed disconcerted and she drew him into the conversation which dealt with the admission of a certain monsieur linet to the academy when duroy had taken his leave one of the ladies said how odd he is who is he madame walter replied one of our reporters he only occupies a minor position but i think he will advance rapidly in the meantime while he was being discussed duroy walked gaily down boulevard malesherbes the following week he was appointed editor of the echoes and invited to dine at madame walter's the echoes were monsieur walter said the very pith of the paper everything and everybody should be remembered all countries all professions paris and the provinces the army the arts the clergy the schools 
the rulers and the courtiers the man at the head of the department should be wide awake always on his guard quick to judge of what was best to be said and best to be omitted to divine what would please the public and to present it well duroy was just the man for the place he was enjoying the fact of his promotion when he received an engraved card which read monsieur and madame walter request the pleasure of monsieur georges duroy's company at dinner on thursday january the twentieth he was so delighted that he kissed the invitation as if it had been a love-letter then he sought the cashier to settle the important question of his salary at first twelve hundred francs were allowed duroy who intended to save a large share of the money he was busy two days getting settled in his new position in a large room one end of which he occupied and the other end of which was allotted to boisrenard who worked with him the day of the dinner-party he left the office in good season in order to have time to dress and was walking along rue de londres when he saw before him a form which resembled madame de marelle's he felt his cheeks glow and his heart throb he crossed the street in order to see the lady's face he was mistaken and breathed more freely he had often wondered what he should do if he met clotilde face to face should he bow to her or pretend not to see her i should not see her thought he when duroy entered his rooms he thought i must change my apartments these will not do any longer he felt both nervous and gay and said aloud to himself i must write to my father occasionally he wrote home and his letters always delighted his old parents as he tied his cravat at the mirror he repeated i must write home to-morrow if my father could see me this evening in the house to which i am going he would be surprised sacristi i shall soon give a dinner which has never been equalled then he recalled his old home the faces of his father and mother he saw them seated at their homely board eating their soup he remembered every wrinkle on their old faces every movement of their hands and heads he even knew what they said to each other every evening as they supped he thought i will go to see them some day his toilette completed he extinguished his light and descended the stairs end of chapter 6 part 1
Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.